This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay, it's time for our weekly chat with Louie, which is now going to move to uh, podcast form. And, sir, did you ever think that in your illustrious broadcasting career, which goes back, I know, years and years, that you would be part of a podcast now as we continue the evolution of technology? Not only did I think that, I didn't know what a podcast was <laughs> and probably still don't. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's really a change. and uh, But it does make for an opportunity to say some things that I might not say on radio. <laughs> This should be fun, then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I got to tell you, dude, yeah. I got to tell you one story that I've never told you or on any of the radio shows I've done. Okay. But I was memorializing uh, Bill Torrey last week in in uh, Long Island, as you know, Bill Torrey, the longtime general manager of the Islanders, won four cups. Then he went to Florida and started that team there. And one of my closest friends, we traveled all the world together and did many, many things together, and as you might expect, told a lot of stories to one another. I bet, yep. And my favorite story of all time, of any story that I've ever heard, I, I said at the memorial, uh, it concerned him and Jack Kent Cook. When Bill first got started general managing, he was general manager of Oakland. And at that time, Los Angeles was owned by Jack Kent Cook. He was the first owner of the Kings in Los Angeles. And Jack uh, was going through a divorce, and so his lawyer told him he had to be in Vegas, stay out of stay out of California. <laughs> he also wanted to meet with Tory because he had great interest in Harry Howell. Kings weren't drawn as well, and Jack and Cook, being a Canadian and uh, following hockey, knowing hockey, and saw that Harry Howell, a big name from the Rangers, was out there in Oakland playing for Bill. So he asked Bill to come and meet him in Vegas. So they go meet in Vegas, and. And Jack was talking to Bill about uh, making a deal for Harry Howell because he re- really needed a draw and he thought he could help. And he says, I'm here, Bill, because I, I'm going through a divorce and I can't be in, in Los Angeles. My lawyer's working on it as we speak. Well, let me talk a little further, and pretty soon the phone rings and Jack gets up and he says, Hello? <laughs> sure, how much? $18 million? Pay it, pay it. So he gets off the phone and Bill says, Jack, did you just say pay $18 million for the divorce? He said, yes, I did, Bill. And Bill says, isn't that a lot of money? He says, Bill, you haven't seen Helen naked. I'd pay more. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, God. Oh. I, I just about <laughs> fell off the chair when he told me that. Oh, uh, you, oh you must have hit the floor when you heard that one for the first I time. Did. I did. In fact, I'm still oh. getting calls about it from the memorial service. Tim Roseford, a friend of mine who does the Golf Channel, called me about four days ago. He heard the story. He says, the guys were telling Palm Beach, came back to Palm Beach, were telling the story that you told. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he so so Bill was actually, I didn't know that, started with the uh, with the Golden Seals franchise then? Yes, he did. Oh, okay. Fact, I had no idea. Time, Interesting. Interesting. Well, they had a lot of owners there, too. The main owner was Barry Van Gerbig, but uh, mm-hmm. they had, uh, like, Nelson Doubleday had part of it. They had uh, they must have had 15 owners, and one of them was Bing Crosby. And, and <laughs> you know, they were, they were going through tough times. They weren't drawn on Oakland. 
And so Bill, in all his wisdom, thinks, you know, we need $100,000. i got to do a cash call. So he invites everybody to the Fairmont, you know, in San Francisco, the top floor there, has a, an owner's dinner, and he's going to ask him for $100,000. So they have a great dinner, cocktails, really socializing, and sit down to eat. And as they finish eating, before Bill gets a chance to talk about the team, yeah. Crosby sees a piano there, and he says, Ah, the nice piano there. He says, I'll entertain you guys with a few songs. So Bing sits down at the piano, plays for about an hour, mm-hmm. sings all the songs, gets up. He says, oh, I feel tired. I'm going home. So he takes off and leaves. Everybody else follows him out the door. Major D walks in, gives Bill a check for 10000 bucks. <laughs> Not only he didn't get the 100000 he's out another ten. That was an unsuccessful cash call, to say the least, huh? Yeah, it was a bad one. It oh. was a bad one. So tell me, so so what, when did, did uh, Finley buy in there because I, I've seen the stories about when the Seals had like the white skates trying to emulate what the A's did with their cleats and shoes. Yeah. Was that after this? Yeah, that was after. Okay. I think Finley came in probably it was 71 or 71, I think it is, and uh, uh, 70, 71. Bill went to the Islanders and uh, in 72. So, you know, he and Nelson Doubleday, one of the guys who was on the ownership uh, group of uh, Oakland, was from the island, and uh, he and his group, uh, they were out there. Well, Roy Bull got the team, and I, I, I don't know. He must have put a word in for him, and Bill moved to the island in 72. But, uh, you know, Finley, he had he had the white skates. He had the yep. crazy green. Uh, the, the color green was a different green and yellow <laughs> sweaters. And uh, he used to try and do a lot of crazy stuff, you know, even in trades on that, that the league wouldn't let him go through. I can't remember what they were, but I remember – as a player rep, sitting in the meetings, and uh, how they said, you know, not going to let Finley try some of the things he he wanted to do or sell players like he wanted to. I've read Lou that that they actually that the Golden Seal skates were heavier because Charlie had them painted fresh white every so often instead of you know getting new skates. Yeah, that's right. So that's that they right. were heavier than than an ordinary skate because of the amount of paint that was on these poor guys' skates. Well, I didn't wear them, but they sure looked heavier. I mean, they they, they were different, and, and you'd have to expect that if you're putting paint on skates, even a little bit of paint's going to be uh, heavier. I mean, when we're picking out sticks, yep. people don't realize we we used to say get a dozen sticks. Mm-hmm. And we'd take a dozen and feel what they're like. And I guarantee you nobody kept a dozen sticks that they sent because even you're off a gram or two grams, a little bit of ice, you know, or, I mean, a little bit of weight, and you could tell the difference. And there was no way, no way in the world would you ever take a dozen sticks because uh, just an ounce here and an ounce there was a big difference. So sure. uh, you had the same thing when you're, when you're looking at equipment that uh, the Finley was trying to put on these guys. So to go back, back to that time again, too, explain this. The expansion teams at that time, as far as I can tell and, and from what I've read, were absolutely horrible, correct? So, like, the Capitals well, started and they're awful. Islanders, the, the same thing? Yeah, they were just brutal. And, and uh, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you how bad they are. Okay. Ren Blair, who, who thought he was a genius anyway, but when when you're talking about the Islanders coming in 72, at the same time the Flames came in in 1972. And my other very close friend in the National League at that time was afterwards. I mean, I was playing then was was Cliff Fletcher, and he told me the story after when we used to travel around on that. He says, "Here I am in the expansion draft in 1972, and I pick a, a team, and I'm feeling pretty good. All our scouts were feeling good. What we got?" And Ren Blair comes up behind me, says, "Cliff, 
He sticks out his hand. Congratulations. Nice job. He says, now you got to your main job. And, he's, and Cliff says, what's that? He says, to get rid of every one of those guys that you just so brutal. <laughs> by hook or by crook, right? Yeah, yeah. So they didn't give you nearly as much, you know. They they would uh, they would protect more players. They'd protect the uh, reserve list. You know, it was, it was sure. crazy. They, they thought it was a big thing to go down. I think they went down to 30 when the first expansion came, when the North Stars came in. Mm-hmm. That's how I became a free agent, because I was in a contract dispute with Chicago, mm-hmm. and I was on the reserve list, so nobody else could touch me. And so I sat out for five years arguing with them, and every time they'd come to say, okay, we'll meet your terms, and then, then I wanted more, <laughs> and because another year had gone by. Well, when when the expansion came, then they had to reduce their reserve list from, I think it was 50 or 52 to 30. Okay. And so now they couldn't protect me. I, I was one of the 30, so I became a free agent, could sign with the North Stars. So when, when you first got here for the first time with, with that team, were you th- thinking that it would be long-term, a long time? I mean, were, were you were you basically, did you th- think to yourself that the opportunity would ever exist to still be here to today, to have run the, the team, to have at one time at least for a few games coached it? Well, to tell you the truth, that's a great question because I, the contract I signed mm-hmm. was three years. I did it myself. I signed the most unique contract in in hockey because it was a personal service contract. I don't think everybody anybody's ever done it before or since. And I felt I'd play only three years, get out, and go back to work. And my and that's why mine was uh, I signed this contract, the personal service, which here's how it was structured. I, you know, we finally agreed on the money terms. I could tell it now. You know, it was 116,000 payable over three years, 25,000 up front for a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. And and what it entailed, and they said, well, this is you know exorbitant. We've never paid it. Nobody's paid this kind of money. I said, look, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign a contract that even if I don't play a game, you're going to be able to come out whole. They said, how are you going to do that? I said, because if I can't play in the majors, I'll play in the minors. So you can write off part of the contract on that. Then I said, in the summer, you could sell my rights to anybody you want for me to go to work for them, and I'll sell for them, which they sold it to Caldwell Press. So Caldwell Press would pay North Stars like 10000 a summer, whatever it was, for me to sell for them in the summer. Then I said, I'll set up a hockey school, which you don't have, and I'll oversee it and run it and work it some days when I'm, I'm free from the printing. Yeah which they did, and they had a very successful hockey school, which they made a lot of money on. I said, then I will do every appearance that the players won't do. In those days, the players used to get 25 or $50 we'd get to make an appearance or a speech. So even though it was good money, $50, comparable speaking in those days, and you, you know, when a, a good salary was $6,000, you know, if you came to work. Sure. Uh, so it was good money, but the guys didn't want to do it. So I would end up speaking, you know, 50, 60, 70 times a year for them. And they, you know, so they wouldn't have to pay anybody. And I, I did the speeches. And and so with all the things I, I had in, in, encompassed in, 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 in this contract, they were able to get money back to pay themselves. So at the end of three years, when I saw, oh, I might as well stay and do this, then I did, I sold those things myself. So, how did you, know. you think of all all this back then? I, I mean, this is not you know now now I sort of get that, but where where did did this uh, savviness occur? Because you're you're at the time a young guy, 
And, and I'm sure in pro sports that most contracts in all sports at that time were very, very basic. What what on earth drove you or ma- made you think of, of all this ancillary um, clauses? Well, I, I was thinking about the things I was capable of doing and making money at. Oh, yeah. And I figured if I bundled it together, and and that would be it. In fact, that's one of the reasons why. So when when Ren Blair, they added something. In those days, the players had to pay for their own pension. Okay. And and so he came to me and says, if you promise not to be player rep for three years, we'll pay for your pension for three years. So I said, you got a deal. So for the th- first three years, I wasn't player rep. Because he, he was afraid that, that you'd be too smart for him. Well, or, you know, in the league would ask for things and, you know, come yeah. up with stuff that they don't want to yeah. When When you look at what players have now, how much does it potentially boggle your mind how much things have changed and now what the, the average, I, I think I heard the average salary in this league is what two million dollars or something like no, that it's two 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 and a half okay two and a half right well here now actually it's more than that because if you if you look at it it's basically three million because you got 75 million dollar cap with 23 players so yep okay basically three million so I, you know it, it it boggles my mind only because i can't believe how much money's involved in it you know when i took over the north stars the day i took over the north stars and i go in Look at the the budget. Look at the contracts, and I total it up, and all all the team, my whole team, mm-hmm. was a million two. <laughs> now, <laughs> I left in ninety ninety one. Yep, the whole team was six point seven million. Wow, that's still yeah. seventy five million here in two thousand eighteen. So you could see that the. There's quite a difference, and and uh, it's not that it boggles my mind, and and I'm and I'm certainly not, uh, you know, upset about anything. Right. Whatever people make, I'm happy for them. We made good money in our day because what we made at that time, relatively speaking, was good money. Not money like this, but it was still good money. And and what I do, some of the only things that do bother me, was because I know I, I thought that uh, the pension was structured poorly. In in other words. We were tied to the Canadian dollar at all times. Mm-hmm. So today, when I re- receive my player's pension, it comes in Canadian dollars, which means it's down 27% every month from the U.S. dollar. But it still does to this day, huh? To this day, yeah. And and, oh. and now, since that time, they've changed it. And, and when I went out into this financial business that I'm in now with RBC, one of the first things I did was go to, go to the union and try and get them to change, you know, and give them some more American product than that. And and they do have, they, they, now it is structured differently, so they, they do get American dollars here now. Sure. But, but it, it is such a difference for the guys that, uh, you know, there was no, it was almost like there was no really overseeing of how it should be invested or really intelligent uh, discussion about what could happen or what might happen or what happens in this case or that case as far as the pension was almost an afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know, and our pension was structured differently in a lot of ways. We could take it at 45 years old, but if you left it, which I did till I'm 65, then you, you, you know, it almost triples. Sure. Unfortunately, a lot of guys, you know, they took it at 45. Well, then they can go cash their pension check at a grocery store, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be as much. So, didn't you also tell me at one point that that when when you were doing, I think it was when the state high school hockey tournament was on uh, Channel Four, that 
Channel 4, that CCO was paying more for the rights to that than you guys got for an entire season of North Star yep. Telecasts? Yep, 1991, I think. That it was, the rights for the state high school tournament were more than the North Stars were getting for their their rights for that season. Absolutely remarkable. Yeah. That's absolutely remarkable. Remember, there was high bidding in those days, and, uh, you know, that, that, that was that was a big nut to, for high school sports, but it, sure. it was even bigger than they were getting for the North Stars, which is remarkable. Is your greatest North Stars accomplishment, and I mean as a player or executive, that you that you got the league to agree to merge the Barons and, and North Stars? Because that, to me, e- even now, that is, that is you know, I, I would think, and you, you've told the story, but just, the, just getting them to agree to give you X amount of players and combine those teams has to have been a major accomplishment. Well, I didn't get them to merge. The owners, the, you know, the the guns bought the team, and and the, and the North Star owners were 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 uh, you know losing money, wanted to sell. I did set up the the, the protection structure, sure, but I didn't get them to, to merge. The the greatest achievement I had in the National League, which will never be known or got around. Mm-hmm. I wrote the merger for the WHA into the NHL. I wrote it. Really? Yes, I wrote that. I had no idea. It was 11 o'clock at night. We were in Ocean Reef. Uh-huh. And if you go back to that year, you'll remember, you'll remember for a long time that the WHA and NHL were having talks and was falling through, how many teams and all that. And my wife and I were in bed, and the phone rings. It's Bill Wirtz. He had his yacht there. And he said, Louie, Come on down to my yacht. I says now. He says, yep. He says uh, I got uh, I got ten owners here, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to come up with a way to make everybody agree to the terms so we can get a, a, a deal to pass tomorrow in the league to to get this merger done, or or we're done. It's going to fall through. So I went down to his boat and I went around to each of the owners. And I asked them what they wanted, because in those days everybody was upset about they got they drafted one of my players. He can't have this player. They got my goaltender over there. They got this forward, and and so I went to everybody. What do you want? What do you need? So, the the most remarkable thing, by the way, I'll never I'll never forget this is uh, Bill Hughes is the president of uh, Vancouver, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the owner is Frank Griffiths from from uh, Vancouver said the one thing that has to happen Gretzky has to stay in Edmonton believe this or not I mean here's you'd think a guy that would want Gretzky and Gretzky would have been eligible for the draft that year no Gretzky's got to stay in in uh, in uh, Edmonton so that was great anyway and they lost Bent Atke Gustafson to Washington because I only allowed them to print Two players, and I think it was two goaltenders I allowed. Because I, I, I got the way I was able to talk to everybody, I found out what they wanted and what would be the structure that, for the protection uh, for the teams coming in, what they could protect. And after that, then it's pick and choose, and you know, then the NHL get to protect their guys that they wanted. Sure. In fact, it, I ended up, I'm not going to say who was in a fist fight with one of the other general managers in January that year. Well, from Edmonton, and it wasn't Glenn. It was before Glenn because he thought I screwed them because Gustafson went to Washington, and here they got Gretzky, and I'm, I'm, I was looking out for him, you know. 
Yeah. And and anyway, so I write the document, and I write it in, on, on the yellow foolscap piece of paper. And the next day we go to the meeting. John Ziegler is the commissioner. He says to me, Louis, you can't read this. He said, it's got to come from a governor. And I was an alternate governor. So he says, and, and before it starts, he says to everybody, okay, Peter O'Malley, who was the governor from Washington, will read the terms of the merger. And when he's done, there's no questions to be asked. It's either <laughs> yes or no, because we had the 10 votes, right? Right. Sure. So you know what happens? Peter O'Malley gets up there, and he can't read my writing right. Oh, no. So he screws up what I had written down. So we lose the vote by two of the guys that, you know, thought I changed this. Oh, no. And and actually it was one. It was Vancouver. And, and, and so everybody bolted out of the room, bolted for their private jets, going back. I, and, I, and I jump up there and I said, John, he's wrong. He's reading it wrong. Too late. They're all gone. So they all leave. And so now... I said, for Christ's sake, you guys screwed it up. This is not what I, I had down there. And and so Gil Stein calls me the following day from, uh, he was a vice chairman. Yeah. Next, and he calls me, he says, Louie, I've been going over this. This is, O'Malley didn't read this right. I said, that's what I was trying to tell all you guys. He said, okay, give it to me again, and I'm going to fly out to Vancouver and get, you know, Vancouver to change their vote. Yeah. Well... If you remember at that time, Molson had uh, the ownership of Montreal. O'Keefe was backing Quebec. So Molson didn't want Quebec to come in the league, which was going to be one of the teams. So they were voting against Quebec. Okay. And we didn't need Molson's vote. I had the other 10, right? Because mm-hmm. it's going to be 10 to 8. So <laughs> now you got to give them, I, I forget what it is, like a week or 10 days, you know, to call a Board of Governors meeting for any kind of vote. So so Stein says, okay, I'm going to go out there and get him to change his mind. So he goes up to Vancouver, explains it to Hughes and Griffith, and, and so they said, okay, we, we, we definitely will vote for it. So now it changes, and so the league calls for a vote in Chicago. So Montreal sees that it's changed, the vote's coming back. They know, they're, they know that now, you know, we got the votes to get the merger. Right. So Montreal comes out like a magnanimously and says, we're going to support it because they don't want to lose the Frenchman, you know, lose a vote and have everybody thinking they're voting against Quebec coming in on top of that all. Right. So we have an even an extra vote when it came through. So you wrote this whole thing. How, how on earth did, did they not stop the proceedings like you just said? Those You're screwing this up. Yeah, because, and I was yelling that. Oh. No, I had no clue. Down, up or down vote, no, no questions, no alterations. That's what it was. So, so was Gretzky a sticking point? Because I mean, he was. No, he wasn't a sticking point at all. No, because we had that settled, and that was Vancouver. You know, he had just been the draft. No. Okay. Okay. Because no. he was. Because yeah, in fact, because it was uh, Hartford, Quebec, Edmonton, and the Jets. Correct. Right. Okay. I did not know that you were actually the guy that penned the document. Yeah. That is really interesting. Nobody knows really. They should have kept that and put it in the in the Hall of Fame archives. Oh heck yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Now now did did they have to did, did those four teams have to uh compensate the rest of the league to get in in any financial form or no? Uh, I you remember? I don't think so. I can't remember. No, it was all players, you know, okay. all player related because we were we essentially stole a lot of our players. Which team concerns you most as far as you you thought that the market maybe couldn't substantiate a professional team? Oh, Hartford. Okay. 
at that time. Brass Bonanza, though, Lou, is fantastic, you know. Pardon me? Bra- their their goal song was fantastic. Brass oh, Bonanza yeah. was fa- yeah. I love yeah. Brass Bonanza. Yeah. It sounded yeah. like a grocery store, except yeah. <laughs> except when you guys would go, go there and play in that damn mall and lose, and I was depressed, and poor Al would be, you know, talking, and then uh, Ronnie Francis would score something, you hear Brass Bonanza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, sir, but before we wrap up here, let's get to uh, current day things. I have uh, I went to the Wild on Saturday, saw them lose an overtime, or a shootout, I should say, to Vegas, and I watched game one. In an incredibly fast league now, and I know it's just two games, they look really slow to me. Well, uh, I they don't look as quick as the, the, the others right now that I've seen, and I, I, that is a concerning thing to me. I I do think they they need a little more speed. I I, I got to tell you, I even watched Carolina in the Ranger game. Uh, I, I want to see Sunday or Monday. I can't remember what night it was, but uh, that was an eight-five game. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't the kind of game that coaches or managers like to see. But boy, oh boy, was it entertaining. Was it up and down, and was it fast? It was unbelievably quick. And, and uh, you're going to see, when you see Carolina come in and, and the Rangers come in, they're, they're fast-gaining teams, fast-gaining teams. Toronto, too? Toronto is really. I, I they sound like they're really play. good. I saw them play. Finally. I was in Toronto uh, last night. Night before I saw them play Dallas, and holy Christmas, are they going to be good? <laughs> is is this the the year for, for them? Because they they've become basically the National Hockey League's Cubs. Because what their last Stanley Cubs, nineteen sixty seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sixty seven is right. Okay. And I, I I'd have to tell you this: uh, all, uh, their goaltender that uh, uh, had a good year last year. He he hasn't started well. And they do have some concerns on defense. They they still have a little bit of concern on defense. Forward-wise, they're dynamic. They're deep. They're fast. They're talented. And to have both Matthews and Tavares on the same team, uh, I, I'm telling you, Matthews is just own, owns this league. You know, right? oh, he's fantastic. He's he's going to give Connor McDavid every run for his money for the best player. You know, they always pick the best player in the league, and and. Boy, oh boy, this kid is, he's big, he's strong, he's 6'3", he's 220, he's fast, he shoots the puck, he handles the puck, he's just smarter than a whip. I, this guy is, what a what a player he is. Who are your top five players right now, do you think? Connor, uh, uh, Matthews, mm-hmm. McDavid. Uh, if I went to a defenseman, you know, there's, I always... I like Dowdy a lot. Yes, I, I, I like him a lot, and uh, hey, you know, uh, forward wise, Eichel Vetchkin, or no? I got to go Vetchkin yep. and Crosby. Those would be my top five. Okay, Eichel close to that list for yeah, for you, the Buffalo close, kid, but he's he's not he's not quite in that area yet. Eichel's a darn good player. I like him a lot, and and Le- Scheifele, I love. Uh, yep. Liani, I love. Uh, you're going to love this defenseman. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Helmondson or something from Dallas, number four. He's 18 years old. Oh, is he going to be good? This division, Darlene from Buffalo, is going to be great. The Central is going to be incredibly tough. Oh my God! I think it's going to be just a complete battle. It really is because, uh, well, look at the the one line Dallas has got. You know, they are a little top heavy in the front uh, on that line. But oh my goodness, uh, you got Neil. You got. Uh, um, uh, Sagan and uh, mm-hmm. what is Nishkinen on, on the wing there? Boy, oh boy, that that's a heck of a line. 
Do you like this? It, it's not a trend, but a, a couple of teams, the Rangers and Dallas, have uh, certainly done it, this this idea of going back to uh, U.S. college coaches to coach professional teams. I think you're going to see more of that, Judd. I, you know, Hexel's been in Philly yeah, for a while right. now, and these guys are, are in the NHL are realizing now that they know how to train kids, they know how to coach. They've been, they, they don't just get college jobs just you know fall into their laps. They they've all been somewhere else. They've had some background in coaching they uh they are students of the game and and uh, uh i i gotta say why wouldn't they be mm-hmm. as good a coach as a guy coming out of junior that goes into the american league a lot of these guys go to the american league too and then they go back to college like david quinn did he was in he was in the national league with colorado he was in the american league with lake erie then he went to bu and now he's with the rangers this question is going to sound weird but in, in your opinion how much faster can this game get? Because to me, I watch this game now, and it's it's great, but it's off the charts fast. It's not weird. It's something that I wonder too. I can't believe how quick they are. McDavid got quicker, Louis. I, I, he I supposedly don't know. improved his speed. Do I don't I mean, know. Fast as, they got so many fast skaters. It's it's it's, it's I don't know. crazy. I don't know, but I mean, he supposedly got qu- quicker. But I watch this game now, and I say to myself, at some point in time, I think it has to top out. But I only think that. I'm not positive. Yeah, I'm not either because I just see. I know one thing: there's more quickness every year because there's more guys, and and teams are realizing, hey, forget about this fighting deal. You you, you don't put somebody in the lineup just because he can fight. If he can't skate and play, forget it. You're just yep. handicapping yourself by. And and like I told one of the general managers I was with about a week ago, and he's got a tough kind of team. And I says, why is he there? <laughs> well, you know, take care of the other guys. I says. I, I, I got to tell you, I disagree with you so much. I said, if a guy can't take care of himself, he shouldn't be in the league. He can't. You, I said, do you yeah. really think somebody on a different line is going to play better because he's got this guy sitting on the bench and he's going to feel better because somebody he's going to go beat somebody up yep. that might have hit him? I said, that doesn't happen anymore. You're talking $3 million a player. If those guys can't take care of themselves for $3 million, plus, 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 whatever these other guys are making, they shouldn't be in the league. And guys don't want to fight now, so it's more no. it's more about if if you can skate and you're big, can you can you you know cause havoc in the corners and things yeah, like yeah. that? But it, it's Be not physical. like back in the day. Be physical. You're right. You don't have to fight. Be physical. The remarkable thing to me is when when I was growing up watching your teams, if you had two good lines, I think you were pretty satisfied. Three mm. would be great, but two, I think you, you were you were pleased with. And then by about, what, five years ago or so, it was, okay, three good lines. You legitimately could make a case now that everybody is trying to have 12 f- forwards yeah. that are good. I was going to say, you better have four lines that can skate and play. But isn't that remarkable? It is remarkable. But like, that's what made the game better. And and the veterans now that, that hang on, you watch them, and the second that they lose a step, you can see it. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like falling off the table. Yep. There's no doubt about it. All right, sir. Thank, okay, thank you, Louie. Take care. Lots of fun. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That will be our weekly podcast now. Uh, Zolgad and Louie Nanny talking hockey, telling hockey stories, and um, also talking about the wild, golfers, etc. So hopefully you will join us on the podcast on a weekly basis as uh, old number 23 and I have uh, a lot of fun in our conversations.